This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, Stephen here. It's another Double Tap. It's Friday. It's the 17th of March, 2023. Coming up, JJ Meadow from AT Guys is here to talk all about CSUN. He's on the ground for the final day. And Sean does a demo. At last... You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. I'll do what Sean does. <gasps> A demo! Hi, Sean! You cheeky little monkey. Unbelievable. <laughs> I drag, drag myself out of my sick bed just to help you. And, and what do I get? Ridiculed. Mocked, sir. Not mocked. Uh... Praised. What? There we praised. go. Thank I'll you very much. Praise what? you like yep. I should. You haven't heard it yet. <laughs> yeah, let's hear the demo. Uh, <laughs> so, what are you demoing today? I am demoing because quite quite out of the blue, I noticed there was a new Ira app. So, on my phone right now, I have the Ira original app, which is now called Ira Legacy, mm-hmm. and a new one called Ira Explorer. So, I thought I'd go through and see what's new. Okay, looking forward to that. That coming up then. Um, but we did also get a lot of reaction to our comments on the Optima. I think this has caused a lot of excitement in our community. We'll be talking a bit more about that with uh, JJ Meadow today from uh, AT Guys. He's also part of the Bar- uh, Blind Bargains podcast. Great to have him on the show today. Looking forward to hearing yeah. him talk about what else he has been uh, looking at at CSUN this week. Of course, it continues today. It's the final day. Uh, so JJ is oh. here too. I know, it's a shame. Um, we, could have, we could have got there just in time as we well. We could have. God bless you, Mr. F. <laughs> have a great uh, day. First, first to the comments from you out there uh, regarding our uh, news that we brought you this week about the Optima Braille laptop in particular. Uh, here is listener Greg. Stephen, Sean, this is Greg from Phoenix. Great show today. Fighting stuff with the um, ChatGPT and the Envision glasses and Be My Eyes. So cool. Uh, also really excited about that Orbit computer. Uh, mm. But I have two questions for you. One, does it have a numpad? And one thing that I can't believe Stephen didn't include was, does it have an insert key? <gasps> Let us know. Um, great stuff. Bye. Bye. That's actually a really good point. Yeah, does it have an insert key? Of course it will. It says it's compatible with JAWS. Now, that's not to say you you know, essentially need a uh, insert key to use JAWS, but in your case, Stephen Scott, apparently so. You know, if only I had the beta of Be My Eyes, I could ask if it has an insert key. I wonder if oh, I would know that. Oh, yeah. <gasps> we need to get on that pretty quick. Yeah, well, you know what? I'm, I'm talking to the bosses at Be My Eyes, you know, because they Are love you? the show. They've been listening. They I think yeah. they just want to know what we're saying about them. That's usually yes. why they listen. They God want bless to know you. what it is we're saying. Uh, be My Eyes. <laughs> I forgot his name. <laughs> that doesn't start well. No, that's, that's oh, often a good I'm just going to leave you flailing in the window on that one. Um, okay, um, so yeah, a numpad, no. No numpad on it, though. That's something because it is that laptop style keyboard. Oh. So you don't have a numpad, but you could get a Bluetooth oh. numpad oh, and attach well, it on. Yeah. Now you're adding to it, Stephen. No, come on. They should have a full sized option, surely. 
Yeah, well, you know what's going to happen, though, don't you? This is the problem. When this comes out, people are going to be saying, okay, how modular is this? Can we attach, I don't know, a three-bedroom semi-detached house on the side of this thing? Um, (laughs) You know, because everyone will want more into it. And I I think, you know, with that kind of thing, at least there's options out there. It doesn't have the numpad key or the numpad options. That is kind of annoying. I also wonder what size the cursor keys will be, because oftentimes on these laptop keyboards, you've got those little half-size yeah, but Keys. there's no no need for it to be a compact size. We're not trying to hit a minuscule uh, form factor here, right? Because um, it, it's got the 40-cell Braille display in it anyway. It's going to be quite thick, you know, to to house all the hardware in it. Mm. So why why are we making the keyboard a compact keyboard? Hey, look, I, probably, probably we're doing it down 50, already. Yeah, but they're kind of probably going for that 15-inch size, Laptop footprint. I mean, you, you probably don't yeah. want to get much wider than that. It's not going to fit in people's bags to take it anywhere. Well, I, I suppose, I mean, the argument is like the insert key, the numpad can be really useful for screen reader users. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, okay, well, look, Darren's also in- intrigued by the Optima Braille laptop. He's been in touch by voicemail. Hello, this is Darren Platts from Bexley in Kent. I really enjoyed this uh, edition regarding the Optima um, Braille or laptop devices. This is going to be interesting. Who's going to be supplying this in the UK when it comes out? Um, is it going to be built to order? By the sounds of it, it is, some of it. Um, this is going to be a very interesting one to watch. And as regards to the Magna magnifier from Orbit, um, I... I'm surprised they'd gone down this road. Um, and yes, I can see why they would have done it uh, to undercut the others in price terms. Uh, and I suppose if they did have a stand built into them as well, then uh, yeah, they could compete with some of the more expensive desktops and uh, some of the smaller ones as well. Um, it's an interesting one. I didn't expect them to go down that road. And I hope that Orbit do something for totally blind people as regards to an OCR device as well, uh, low cost. Uh, because the cheapest one I know of at the moment is the Sense Player OCR that I know about, uh, what I would call specialized. And as far as the chat, chat GPT is concerned, one area which I think it needs to get put into is the when you were talking about the phones with just a button and you didn't really interact with the screen at all is the real sam uh, service i think this needs to get be partnered with real sam or real sam need, need to do something along those lines because i used to be a real sam customer but i'm not i haven't been a customer for about 18 months or so Mainly, I felt it was too expensive for what it was in its current form, and it didn't seem to be evolving and developing. I know they made a simple phone, and that's great, but from what I've heard, they haven't really developed since, which is a shame, because I think if they don't, then they could be overtaken by this chat GPT in a smartphone. Maybe it could even partner with Blindshell. Talking of Blindshell, they've gone very quiet in the last couple of weeks. So I'm wondering what's going on there, where we're going to get some new apps and updates soon. Um, For now, and it will be interesting to look to hear about when the Orbit Speaks coming out, if it comes out. Um, 
I'm not going to go on any more this time. This is Darren saying bye for now, and thank you. Bye. <laughs> no, thank you, Darren. So much to get into. We'll, we'll put that question to JJ a bit later about the orbit speed because I'm intrigued by that as well. Yeah. Um, but isn't it isn't it interesting though how so much excitement has come from specialist tech? I mean, I'll put my hands up for the longest time. Yeah, specialist tech, it's, it's had its day, right? It's nice to have that option there. And we, of course, we still need it there, especially when it comes to Braille displays. But lots of the other stuff, yeah, the, the smartphones killed it. But we're all excited by this specialist tech. These companies have really come into their own lately. It's it's so, so interesting. But I think that's partly because, well, it's not just talking the last two days a lot of the, you know, we could talk about the last couple of months with chat GPT coming along, but it's kind of yep. energized the whole sector. And even the specialist market has got so much potential now. There are so many potential opportunities. I mean, we've seen yes. what Be My Eyes can do. That's just one. We also played in uh, what Envision are doing earlier in the week as well. And, you know, that again brings it to glasses. And I think that is where we are interested in this. And it's those practical applications. I'm going to give you an example a bit later. Uh, from Be My Eyes, actually, where uh, Lucy Edwards, who is fronting, I think, a lot of their uh, promotions online about this on the social media side, um, you know, is really showing off what this can do in, in real meaningful ways. It's just really exciting. I think this is where it's going. And that's what's yeah. energizing all this. It's all this, it's all this development. That's the word. There's there's a, this energy, this buzz about it again. Yeah. And that's that's really exciting. Because it's flooding into everything. It's not just like it's over here and, you know, it'll come to all our stuff eventually. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, the interesting thing is, as I cannot go over the fact that this week, and this is a standout moment again, and it kind of happened the first time around during the pandemic. We remember when LIDAR came along and they brought out people detection and that was designed for blind people. Yes. And now... Here we go again with you know a brand new version of this software that has come out, this capability, and blind people at the at the very first the very first app to come out, Be My Eyes gets this this built into it. Uh, I mean, it's incredible. I think that's that's what's what's absolutely incredible about this. Yeah. Um, and you know everything about the Optima. I mean, look, we're we're going to wait and see because there's a lot of question marks. I mean, Darren brings up some great points about you know availability and how this will work because. I think the biggest problem I've noticed with Orbit is it's not so much a problem for the single products, like if you're buying an Orbit Reader 20 or whatever. How is it going to work logistically to get the product you want? You know, you're going to buy it through a local reseller. I imagine you probably have to. And then is that how you get it? You know, it's just. uh, Leagues of blind people putting uh, these things together. That's a whole new employment sector for us. Well, in theory, it is modular, so you could just get exactly. it in bits. It could be like the IKEA computer, you know. You just, yes, that's right. Yes, yeah, you know, and you know how well doddle. that goes with me because I, I then get a, a hammer and a screwdriver, and yeah, no, yeah, yeah. It's basically and a television aerial by the time it's finished. Any blind person but Stephen Scott can put it together. <laughs> Any blind people <laughs> except Stephen, that's fine. Um, but yeah, I do like the idea of the IKEA computer. That, that sounds pretty cool. Um, listen, just a separate. Um, this is not about the uh, announcements. This is uh, Cece's back with us again, talking about free. Freestyle Libra, yet more updates. Honestly, this is beginning to feel like a soap opera and the it is. <laughs> hoops that CC has to jump through to make sure his uh, blood glucose level, his blood sugar level is right, is just unbelievable. Have a listen to this. G'day, folks. This is CC on the line from Montreal. More uh, Abbott Freestyle Libre 2 updates. So they sent me one of their own readers, 
which is completely inaccessible and requires sighted assistance to be set up. But once it's done, it's almost usable. And I have a couple of uh, suggestions for anyone that wants to go this route. It seems they can't vouch for their software working on iPhone with anything after 16.2.1. So if you do get your hands on an Abbott Laboratories Freestyle Libre 2 reader and you have sighted assistance, be sure to turn off. Uh, one of the alarms is for a distance. If you get too far away from the sensor that's on your arm, it'll start shining and you cannot get a result then. And the other alarm that you need to turn off is for uh, when the sensor is ending because it's almost impossible to get a reading once that alarm has started sounding. So you could feasibly lose uh, a lot of ground even the last three days of your sensor. I didn't know this in the first instance and was very fortunate to have some sighted assistance to help. The app that I use to read their sensor is called ID, E-Y-E apostrophe D, and it has a read offline mode that one can tap and it will read a digital screen fairly well. I always, I use that one to read the uh, thermostat in my home, which is digital. That's E-Y-E apostrophe, no, an apostrophe hyphen D, ID to read the results from your Abbott Laboratories Freestyle Libre 2 reader that is inaccessible. Thanks. I, I don't even know where to go with that. I just, I, I don't, it's it so, so frustrating. I feel frustrated for you, CC. I really do. Yeah, absolutely. And you can almost hear it in his voice. It's just, I'm sorry, I'm going to use a strong word here. This is disgusting, isn't it? I mean, it's disgraceful. I mean, come on. Well, I mean, yes. this is an application that this is a system which, you know, could, if, you know, if it's not working properly, could be hazardous to his life. Yeah, exactly. And there's no reason why it shouldn't be accessible. Absolutely no reason. And, uh, you know, when CC said there, oh, it's almost usable. I mean, you, oh, it drives me absolutely crazy. This is so important. And this should be up there. I mean, you know, diabetes and the, the, the possible issues that you can arise from that, especially to vision. Of course, this should be accessible. Well, there's talk of Ooh. this eventually coming into the new Apple Watch. So if that was to come into that, then, you know, you can just take that system and just chuck it in the bin, CC, oh, because you... I got nervous there. Well done. Tr sorry, trash can. I should say trash oh, yeah, can. Well done, yeah. yes. I just did put it into content. Yeah, but, you know, it just, that would be, I guess, a solution, but it shouldn't take that to happen. You know, these companies are building these products. They should be accessible. It's not like CC's not in touch every five minutes telling them the problems. You know, I often yeah. say one of the challenges is we have to keep on at these companies, and that's exactly what CC's doing. And yeah. he's not getting the response. And he's, he's doing a great job. And thanks, and thanks for letting us know about it's that. Thank you for all of us on that know. one. Yeah, he really absolutely. Is. Absolutely. Fantastic yeah. job you're doing. Hats off to you on that. Um, listen, I want to move on because ugh, there's so many things we could talk about today, but time is upon us. We've got JJ coming up. I want to learn all about what's happening at CSUN. Uh, lots of you sending feedback. We're going to get into all tomorrow because there are so many emails from you. So we'll get into more uh, feedback on tomorrow's weekend show. But uh, for now, though, I want to hand over to that man uh, known as Sean Priest, the leg end himself, to tell us all about a fantastic new application that's just arrived. It's a replacement for Ira's 
existing application as a brand new one. Here's Sean with a review. Ooh, a new Ira app. But what's different from the old one? Well, let's find out. Let's explore Ira Explorer. Let's open it up. Ira Explorer, welcome to Ira. Visual assistance on demand. Let's get started. If you don't have an account, we'll create one for you. It's free. So here we are at the first screen, and so far, exactly the same as the last app, because it's all about signing up for the service if you haven't done already, or signing in if you're already an explorer. But hang on, there is something new in this version. Let's swipe on. Sign in with phone number, button. Sign in with email, button. Still curious about ERA? Learn how ERA works, button. Okay, okay, it's not a huge difference, but as you heard, you now have the option to sign in using your email as well as your phone number. I'm going to sign in using my phone number, though, so I'm going to double tap on that. Sign in with phone number, button. Tap, tap. Country, United States, plus one selected, button. Obviously, double tap here to choose the country that you're in. Currently, the options are the United States, Canada, hooray, United Kingdom, New Zealand, Australia, and Ireland. Once you've done that, type in your telephone number. Phone number, text field, is editing, insertion point at start. When you're done, double tap on next. Next button. You'll then receive a text message containing your super secret four-digit verification code. Just type that in and you're done. Now, if you choose email to sign in, it's exactly the same. Instead of a telephone number, obviously, you enter your email address. And again, they will email you that verification code. However you sign in, once you've entered that code, the app will ask you for permission to access your camera and your microphone and your GPS. Obviously, you'll need to allow that to use the app. Anywho, that's it. We've signed in. Let's take a look at the main screen. See what's new. Sign in successful. Let's swipe through the home screen. Air Explorer, home, heading. Call an air agent, button. Attach message or files, button. Oh, wait, this is new and it's a really cool feature. So, yes, we've always had the ability to message the IRA agent if we couldn't speak to them. But here you can also attach a file. So let's say you've got a inaccessible PDF or a Word document or whatever it may be. You can now send that file directly in the app to the IRA agent before you'd have to go out and maybe email it to them or whatever. But now you can do all of that inside the app. It's really cool. Now, there are some limitations to it. It's only a maximum file size of five megabytes. But if we're talking about documents and PDFs, which I suspect is what most of us will be sending, then that should be absolutely fine. Uh, also, you cannot send photos, but obviously, I don't know if you'd want to do that anyway. So there you go. That's the first new one. Cool. Let's swipe on. Browse access offers button. This is more of a tweaked feature, but it gives you a much more easy to read, a much more clear way of seeing what offers are available through Ira. Next. Configure devices button. Ooh, this is totally new as well. Configure your device. But what does that mean? Well, in here, you can choose what microphone and what camera the app uses. Now, Obviously, at the moment, just using the iPhone, the only choice that I can have is the internal iPhone microphone or the front or back facing camera, which is a cool little feature as well. I don't think we had the choice to choose which camera we used before in the previous app. So very nice. But it does, I think, show that 
Ira is expanding onto other devices. I mean, you know, what other options could we have in here? And if I connected a external USB mic to my iPhone, would that be an option? Honestly, I don't know, but I think so. Cool. And finally, at the bottom of the screen, we have the four tabs. Selected, home, tab one of four, button, usage, tab two of four, button. About you, tab three of four, button. More, tab four of four, button. All pretty standard stuff there. The live tab seems to have disappeared that was on the previous app and replaced with the about you tab. But everything in there is what you would expect. But hey, have a look around and see what's new. Now, when it comes to actually being in the call with your IRA agent, there are a couple of new things there as well. Firstly, if you swipe through, you will find a more options button. If you double tap on that, it gives you the choice to mute either the microphone or the camera. So in privacy mode, obviously, that will turn off the mic and the camera at the same time. But with this more options feature, you can choose just the mic or just the camera, which may be useful. Also, when I was talking to the agent, I was told that their dashboard on their side is slightly different when someone is using the Ira Explorer app. Now, if she wouldn't go into detail, I couldn't drag it out of her of what the differences were, but she did say, oh, it looks slightly different. Um, also, when you end the call, the previous way you would rate that call was a little bit simplistic, right? It was either good or poor, and you could leave a little text feedback. Well, now they've gone into a little bit more detail. They've separated the ratings between the agent and the app. So you can rate your agent either good, average or poor and leave a little text message. But you can also rate the app. So if you have any problems with the app, but not the agent, you can rate them separately, which is nice. Anyway, that's the main new features that I found in my quick exploration. Uh, of Ira Explorer. Now, there are a few more that I know about that I was told about. Apparently, there will be a profile button on the home screen where you can quickly swap between, say, you've got an Ira account for personal use and one for work. It's now easier to switch between those. I only have one, so I didn't see that option. But the main purpose of this new Ira app is that it's on a new platform. It's much easier to add new features. And as Ira is, as I've said, moving across to new platforms such as desktop and Envision glasses, it just tidies up the code base. Now, if you are still using the Ira, as it's now known, legacy app, that's not a problem. Until Ira decides to actually turn that off, you can still use it as you did. So there's no urgent rush to switch to this one. Anyway, that's Ira Explorer. Enjoy. Brilliant. As always, Sean, thank you for that. <sighs> I'm back, baby. Really interesting. Yeah, I, I, I love it. I want more of that. More of that, oh, please. No. Well, well, yeah, you okay. see, you've, you've set yourself up for a fall there. But please don't <laughs> fall. Don't fall. Uh, listen, uh, stick around. JJ Meadow joins us next. We get into CSUN, into its final day what has JJ found interesting? He is here next. Follow Double Tap on social media at Double Tap On Air and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. We'll be right back. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. And today we're talking all about CSUN as the final day gets underway in California. We have our man on the ground. He is JJ Meadow, and he joins us. 
Uh, he is, of course, there for Blind Bargains, and uh, he's also doing this for us, which is very kind of you to do that, JJ. Thanks for getting up early, having a shower, getting some coffee. You're already there, aren't you? Well, I'm actually still on the fifth floor, so I'm not sure if I'm your man on the ground, but uh, <laughs> close enough. Man near the ground. Okay, let's, the ground. <laughs> let's go with that. Uh, so how's uh, CSUN been for 2023? You know, I think it's kind of similar to what it was last year. You do have a lot of the access technology vendors that are around and quite a few new products. I know you've already talked about a few of them. Orbit, Be My Eyes, we'll get into that. Um, still not as much of a presence from the mainstream companies, but I'm, again, okay with that. Like I said last year, you know, really keeping this as an access tech-focused conference, to me, makes it more valuable as opposed to having 100 people from Microsoft or Google. Not that it's bad to have them here, but I think for a time, the large corporations were overrunning the show. So I kind of like where CSUN has ended up over the past couple of years. That's an interesting point, actually. That's, that's a discussion I've heard before. Like, we, we need more mainstream there. They should be more interested in it. But actually, you know what? Let's, let's keep this for you know, accessibility. It's almost what you wish for, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, I must say that it, it does seem to be a year for the specialist tech companies. I mean, I, I think if I said this last year as well, you know, it feels like there's a real energy from a lot of these companies now. And we're starting to see it. Of course, AI is bringing a lot of that capability into the specialist products, if you want to call Be My Eyes app a specialist product, but yeah, arguably it is to some degree. It's becoming yeah. one. It is becoming one, yeah. I mean, maybe we start there because Be My Eyes really is the the big, I mean, I think it is probably one of the biggest news stories. It's certainly gone outside the accessibility conversation because, you know, Chat GPT is, is very much a mainstream tech news story. Everyone's talking about it. Be My Eyes is now part of that conversation. And you had a chance to actually get hands on with the app. I did. And of course, I played a lot with ChatGPT. That was the last time I was on here was to talk about that when it had first mm. come out. And so I was able to play with the new virtual volunteer, as it's currently being called. Well, I think they're soliciting names. So, you know, what we're going to call this virtual volunteer. But if you're familiar with ChatGPT, you know, it's pretty much a conversational virtual assistant. You can ask it questions. Well, what has changed now the new version, GPT-4, which was announced this week as well, has included an image-to-text feature. And we think, oh, image-to-text feature, it's going to be something to say table, chair. Yeah, no, this is much <laughs> more detailed than that. And then it's combined with the conversational AI, so you can actually ask questions about an image. So if the example, of course, that you've probably referred to is you know taking a picture of a refrigerator and then asking for recipes and things yes. like that. So it does, it works really well. It's not as fast, just like ChatGPT, you take the picture or pictures. And I think that's really cool, right? You can take a whole bunch of pictures and string them together. Uh, and then you ask a question and it, it might take 10, 20, 30 seconds to get a response back. But the results are amazing. Yeah, well, actually, let's play in a video because Be My Eyes have been putting up videos uh, featuring Lucy Edwards. She is is a blind, fashion-obsessed person. I think that's the way that they, they refer to each other these days, blind, fashion-obsessed people. Fashion-obsessed. <laughs> I don't think she'd agree with that. Well, enough, I, th okay. I think she would agree with that. I think she All says right. that on her video here. Oh, okay. Um, but you know, this is actually a little a kind of an extended part of the video we played in the other day, which 
feature just very short clips of the experiences that Lucy was having with the app. This focuses in specifically on a book that she wants to read. Have a listen to this. I'm blind and I found this Chanel catwalk book. As you guys know, I am obsessed with fashion and makeup. See? So I want to know what's inside this and I'm going to get Be My Eyes AI virtual volunteer to tell me what's inside the pages. Let's see if it can do it. I'm going to open it to a random page. A picture button. I'm going to take a few. Take picture. Add picture. Then maybe take here. Picture. Take picture. Right question here. Dictate. What is the model wearing on this page? Ask question. Virtual volunteer. Hi there. In the first image, there are three models wearing a white dress, a black and silver outfit, and a black and orange outfit. In the second image, there are also three models. Would you like me to describe any of the outfits in more detail? Ooh, yes, I would. Reply. Yes, the first outfit in more detail. Ask question. Virtual volunteer. Sure. The first outfit in the first image appears to be a white dress with a high neckline and long sleeves. It has a layered skirt with a scalloped hem and is accessorized with a long pearl necklace and earrings. Is there anything else you would like me to describe in more detail? I'm crying. Oh my god, I've always dreamed of like buying books like this. I know it's stupid, I'm like crying over a book. But it's more to me than that. So, I mean, there you go. There's an example. I mean, that is powerful stuff. Yes, and the, the, literally as I heard that video now, the same reaction as yesterday, my jaw dropped. I'm like, wow. The level of detail that you will get from something like that is simply amazing. This is actually image recognition that is really useful. And then you can ask follow-up if you want. It has access to the internet. Um, and, you know, it can ask information. We took a picture, for instance, of my badge. Because it's not going to do face recognition for privacy reasons, of course. But we did just take a picture of my badge and say, hey, do you see a name on this badge? And it said, yeah, it's, it's JJ Meadow from AT Guys. And then we came back with an entirely non Blindness question would say, um, do you know anything about them? And it looked it up. And it said, yeah, it looks like AT guys is, uh, sells assistive technology products and braille displays and screen readers, et cetera. Nice. So now you're kind of combining the image to text and then taking it a step further, but all in one experience. Yeah, that, that is incredible. I mean, Sean, you know, the idea of picking up a book. I mean, look, that we talk amazing. about access to books, right? Yeah. And we, we've all had this conversation around, you know, getting access to more books and publications. And that's all great. But yeah. Know, then you get an image like that in a book. I mean, say for example, for us, it was you know, show, you know, a new Dell XPS laptop. What does it look like? <laughs> yes. What color is it? You does know? it have an insert key? I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you think about this in education, right? When you're reading reference books or whatever, and it's that ability to. Um, drill down and get that information out that you want without having to swipe through you know a thousand paragraphs or you know listen to voiceover uh, because as JJ said I think you know when we think about image recognition we we've come to expect a certain I'm going to say it, low standard you know chair or whatever else or you'll just read the, right. the OCR text out to you but it's that that ability to question that makes all the difference and that's why everyone including the mainstream are so excited by chat gpt and you know lucy's um response to that i, I can understand it i can actually understand it absolutely amazing you know if you're into fashion the majority of what you want to look at is pictures let's be honest yep a woman wants to buy a wedding dress. She wants to know what it's going to be like. A woman wants to buy a, a dress for an evening. I mean, you know, guys can be the same as well. This is not exclusive to women, but let's be honest about it. A lot of women do want to look at those kind of magazines with images and pictures. And, you know, like, we had the Oscars recently, and everyone's always obsessed about what everyone's wearing. To be able to get that information and to use an app like Be My Eyes to do that, I mean, it kind of takes... You, you When you were at the stands with them, JJ, were you getting a sense from them that Be My Eyes as a company is kind of moving into a new era because, you know, a lot of people just see Be, Be My Eyes as the place you go to connect with a volunteer, a brilliant 
excellent service, but it's now taking on a whole new role. I think what they are is agile. They are open to trying what is new and trying to find ways to make the visual interpreting more automatic and just more interesting. And But it's still tying it into their service. So as you know, you do the virtual assistant. If it doesn't work out, it'll say, hey, would you like me to call a volunteer? We can take it from there. So, you know, it's certainly still integrated into their existing app. It's a button right next to the specialized help button. And they're still exploring all of those options as well. I think it's just the next level. You know, a lot of these companies for the past half decade have talked about the day that we will have this level of image recognition or being able to do these types of tasks. It's just we just didn't think it was coming so quickly. You know, you always say, oh, yeah, that'll you're right. Someday we'll have this. No, I think we're much closer now. And I don't think any of us had the idea it was going to be this powerful so soon. You know, we might have said five years from now, possibly could get to that. Yeah, and maybe, maybe a little quicker as the AI. Obviously, AI has been a buzzword, and you know, there's yes. plenty of things to work out as far as you know, ethical dilemmas and hallucinations and bias and all that stuff. But you know, they're aware of that, and there's going to be a lot of work ahead. But wow, the potential is definitely there. There's also the question of why did Ira not get there first? I mean, you know, the first two letters of the name Ira is AI. <laughs> so OpenAI approached OpenAI, the company that makes uh, behind ChatGPT, and all those models approached Be My Eyes. Okay, that's interesting. And, and saw any, them as a service and said, hey, would you like access to this? And any and information and any information about the data itself and, and what happens to the data when, you know, these images that we're taking, right. what happens really- to that? Where's it going? That is a really good question. I do not have the answer to that yet, but it's okay. certainly always a top of mind question when you're doing uh, things like that. Because, of course, for regular Be My Eyes, we say, well, don't call your volunteer with your credit card bill because, you know, mm. that's probably not a, a safe use of that service. So, you know, I'm not sure uh, what the data is going to be used like here, if it's going to be, especially for the beta, used for research purposes as they're trying to hone in on the. Uh, the AI and, and let the AI, the AI was almost uh, becoming a little too human. Apparently, in one of their early tests, um, as it was having a conversation, it offered to uh, to guide the person, like as in, wow. would you like to take my hand? <laughs> yes, I would. I mean, realizes. <laughs> that's the first thing I'm going to ask. I'm going to take a picture of a building and say, "Where's the door?" That's all. I know. How do I get so, in here? So, funny thing about that, and this is one of those things where we were actually just trying to figure out how to make that work. Because we asked it pretty much, uh, we, okay, it's all the registration desk. And then I we asked it, all right, how is that from my location? And it came back with a pretty honest, well, you know what, from the pictures, I can't see where you are versus that. So yeah. then we tried giving it a selfie on top of it, but it didn't work entirely. But I think <laughs> with the right set of photos, as long as you have enough frames that stitched where you are versus it, or maybe it's some sort of like a 360 degree camera or wearing a GoPro of course, or something. Yeah, I need, think there are ways. Yeah, because it's telling you where the door is. It's not really... Right. It's where it that is was the only relation to you. It just didn't know where I was versus it. Yeah, that's the downside to that. At the moment, anyway. But, you know, that that is something that definitely will... Well, you can also feed it images, too. You don't yeah. just have to take a picture. So, uh, like, they were feeding, like, uh, maps of subway stations and asking for directions. And that was even working some of the time, at least. When you link all this together, you know, with what 
I mean, Microsoft are done with seeing AI and then, you know, the indoor navigation and you have GPS connection into this. <laughs> wow. I, it could literally, it could take your hand and just take you to where you need to go. iPhone with legs. That could work. <laughs> you know, you it could know. be, but it also could be like Ira, where at first it seemed like it was a big navigation aid. And I know a lot of people use it for that. But for me, Ira works best doing those things at home, like help me fix this inaccessible PDF. So it could mm. be the same for this, where the sitting at my desk task and planning might be more effective. Although this, the surveying of the room is a pretty powerful tool. I want to talk to you about the sense player from Hims because we've had a yes. lot of questions about that. We talked a lot about Victor Reader. We've had humanware on to talk about it. Still waiting to hear from Hims to get them on the show. So you had a bit of hands-on time with it. I have had uh, hands-on with the, te- the sense player. It's the, I'd call it the modernized book sense. Of course, they had the blaze in the middle of that, and that did not do as well. And I think this kind of brings them a little more back to their roots. It's a book player, but it does quite a bit. It definitely has a lot of modern features. It does just about every audio video format you would want. Um, it's a keypad. So you know, your typical numeric keypad with an array of buttons above it for jumping around various modes. You do have a, a few extra buttons, including, for instance, one to turn on and off Wi-Fi or on and off Bluetooth. So it's kind of nice to have those shortcut favorite buttons. There's a couple features to me that I think might make this an interesting prospect for the question of why would you still buy a book player? One is a, uh, a connect feature that will let you control an iOS or Android or a BrailleSense device from this. So that could be really interesting, say, for making phone calls and entering in those you know, the 10 digit password or your pin or whatever yeah. using a numeric keypad interface. I think some people really find that valuable. And the other is they are putting a lot of effort into their voice recorder. There's stereo mics that are built in and it does also through the USB-C port accept external audio interfaces. So uh, that's still being tested out, but that could be an interesting device for people who want a higher fidelity recorder, um, you know, combined with all of the other features that are already there. And it does OCR. Wow. I mean, it's a, a jack of all trades. It's, if it's a master of any of them, that's the thing. But yeah, there still is a big market, though. I'm, I'm always quite surprised. And hey, that's that's down to me. You know, the amount of people that, that love the Victor Reader stream, it, it's not a device that mm-hmm. I particularly need or, or want. But there there is a lot of people out there that love these physical buttons and these, you know, almost, I'm, I'm not going to say one trick ponies because, you know, as you've just said, they're, they're not anymore, but um, people do like these almost standalone devices. Yeah. I think there's still a huge market for it. I've heard the number for the stream tossed around they sold a hundred thousand. So there's definitely a market. Wow. Yeah. yeah people, definitely. you know, that might be all versions all the time, but still there's definitely a market for this stuff. And, you know, some people don't want to deal with the smartphone. We are advanced smartphone users, and we're used to that. But there are lots of people that want simpler devices. You know, look at the blind shell phone. That's been hugely adopted over here. Mm, absolutely. And of course, the Hims and Humanware products as well. And, in fact, actually, the blind shell and, and it's kind of treading into that same territory as they have a lot of these same apps, though. So you almost have a three-way race now when it comes to media players and devices with buttons that can do a lot of things. But I think certainly the Sense Player and the Victor Reader, I think, still fit the education markets best. Yeah. Whereas, obviously, Blind Shell can be for anybody. So that's, that's an true. interesting mix. Yeah, that, that is really Absolutely. interesting. Um, you have two versions, by the way, uh, one with camera and OCR and one without. And the one without, uh, they're selling for the U.S. over at 650 and the one with the 795 U.S. So right. coming out this spring. 
What else have you been spotting? Because it's always the little, not the little, little things, but you know what I mean, the, the, the ones that don't grab the headlines, the stories out there that you maybe pass as you, as you wander through the exhibition hall. What have you spotted? Well, I'm still going around, so I haven't had a lot of, of chance. I saw a hiking cane uh, that's like a collapsible telescoping hiking cane that's kind of heavier that was shown to me. Uh, is that, is that the all-terrain cane? Yeah, yeah. We had, we had the inventor on about talking about yeah, that. Recently. Yeah, it's really interesting because like those people, a lot of them don't get booze. They just wander around and they'll, hey, you want to see this new cane? Um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. It's an interesting pickup line, but not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, um, there's another uh, Braille display company based out of Ann Arbor, Michigan, that they've been around for a while, but they were showing a. An improved prototype of uh, four or five line 40 cell display. Um, I know the new console, I haven't even got a chance to look at that yet, but they're wandering around. So there still are a lot of people working on Braille products. Of course, APH has the Monarch, which is the full screen Braille graphics tablet, and they're mm. heavily promoting that here uh, this year as well. So to tell people, for those who don't know what that is, because I, I have a vague understanding of this product, is it like the dot right. pad? It's like this. This goes back to last year, right around this time. And by then, at that point, they were just calling it the dynamic tactile device, yeah. the DTD. And it is essentially a Braille and graphics tablet with a really focus on the education market and helping people make textbooks more accessible. But it's going to have capabilities to display full page graphics, multi line Braille, or a combination of the two. And, you know, they're, like I said, they're really promoting it heavily. I know they still have a lot of time to go, but it sounds like now they have several different units and they're starting to do some testing and, and they're actually taking feedback uh, here at CSUN, which I'll be going ahead and up later today and talking to them about that. Interesting timing, though, isn't it? When you think about Be My Eyes and the virtual volunteer next to a device like this, because, yes, OK, granted, the kids who can use this will, will get the sense of an image, but mm-hmm. being able to get detail to by literally just pointing a phone at a, a picture and saying, tell me what's in this image and, and actually go further than that and query the image itself. That is, you know, that, that's going to be an interesting world for blind kids growing up, right? And to have that option, right? Because there are certain things that really represent well tactily. Maps, for instance, if you can pop up a map of the United States or of California or even just the nearby street grid, you can get a much easier, quicker representation of that just by putting your hands on it and feeling around the different streets. Where if you just have a specific question of, hey, I'm trying to get directions to Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles, then maybe the virtual <laughs> volunteer can do that. I hear it's really good. I haven't met chicken, up there yet. chicken and waffles. Waffles, oh, we yeah. don't get that. We don't understand that. I don't, I, no. I don't get what that is. What, what, no. That's, that's not what I'm thinking of, is it? Potato crazy waffles? Talks. Waffles, like the, the, the kind of checkerboard looking thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Little holes in it. Potato. Are they it's sweet? A, it's a, it's a, it's a breakfast, they... Yeah, it's a breakfast thing. Wow. It's yeah, like a common okay. breakfast next to pancakes and things like that. Wow. It's okay. crazy talk. Sausage and egg. That's your breakfast. <laughs> um, I mean, that's fine too. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you're right though. There are things, you know, I'm thinking of, of graphs, you know, charts and things like that, where that tactile feedback is really, it's it's just so much quicker and so much more immediate, isn't it? And in the education market, uh, it's fantastic. But I mean, you know, there's room for everything, right? And maybe at some point we get to the point where you can feel a picture and then at the same time, be asking questions about it to a, a, th- a volunteer. And then it could hone yes. in on, here, yeah. here's the part you're asking about. Like, there's, here we go. Now we're already hey. trying to think of more possibilities. And 
I would have said, you know, last year that, uh, yeah, we're dreaming here, but who knows? Things are moving so fast, all, all thanks yes. to AI. It, who knows? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So that's the, the kind of Braille. And, and you, like you say, APH have been working on this for a long time. The holy Braille, I think, is what they, they keep using this phrase. Oh, that's clever. Yeah. Oh, I like that. The holy Braille, uh, which I think is really the design for a lot of people. The, you know, like you say, the yeah. multi-line with the ability for graphics as well. Certainly excellent for education. But let's not forget the workplace as well. There are a lot of people working in law or an accountancy who would really benefit from having that kind of device. Of course, the challenge Absolutely. is going to be, JJ, the price of these things. Absolutely, as well. When you're looking at five to 10,000 or more. And, but of course, remember, this is first generation technology, really. It's a brand new field. Yes, we had the graffiti, but that still was very much primitive and not nearly what we have now as far as graphics technology. So the price is going to be high. It's probably going to remain high for a bit. So it's going to have to come down to government grant funding or other ways to subsidize the cost of these things for many people that really could take the most advantage of it. And that takes us nicely into the next topic, which is Orbit, of course. Now, we did talk about the Orbit and the Optima Braille display, or Braille laptop, I should say, which you mm-hmm. haven't had a chance to see yet. I, I don't even know if there is one. Is there? I mean, is it even... Is it a prototype at this point? Is it an actual product? I'd be intrigued to know. And and once you've had a chance to play, we should get you back on and get more of a sense of it. We will be talking to the company soon here on the program. But I, I do find this fascinating because, you know, Orbit is a company, and, and it was Sean who said this earlier in the week, and he's absolutely right. They're a disruptive company. They like to disrupt. Uh, I don't know if that yes. was the intention of Orbit when it came out. It never felt like that, that was the intention. It seemed to me the company that wanted to provide a low-cost Braille display to people and achieved that. But it's going further with these new products and it's even moving into the low-vision market with Magna. What's your sense of Orbit's position in this world of Braille, when you, when, especially from the AT guy's perspective, people, what they're buying? You know, there's lots of products out there. Where does Orbit rank in all of that? You're right. I think if several of these things are true. They definitely like to come up with the lower cost items. They do want to disrupt a little bit coming out with products that can be accessible to more people. I think as far as the Braille technology, part of it with the Orbit Reader 20 Plus and the 40, and then they announced these multi-line ones last year, they do list them on their website, is now realizing, hey, we have this Braille technology. How many different things can we put it in that could be useful or interesting? So it's almost like a, a dartboard approach. But I think it makes a lot of sense. You have a computer. I'm not sure if there's enough of a market for a laptop with a built-in Braille display. This has been tried here or there over the years. But it will be interesting to see how much it gets adopted. And also, what was interesting to me about that, and just looking at the press release, which I know you guys looked at, is they're offering it either with their Braille technology or Piazzo. So the more traditional Braille tech. That was a really interesting move that they provided there. So I, I do think they're interested. They're trying a lot of different things kind of to see what works. You know, they're trying to repurpose the things that they have already developed, kind of the Google approach. And like, let's put this in as many different things as we can and get the most bang for our research buck. Yeah. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. The Orbit Speak is still a thing. and It's coming out this spring. I asked, I did ask uh, Van Katish about that. When oh, I was it? Yesterday, so it's not a vaporware idea that was announced last year. <laughs> we we're talking about it. Yeah, well, is it guaranteed? I'm, I'm, yeah, for spring? that's a good question. Yeah, I'm is it not guaranteed? guaranteeing anything? But <laughs> hope so. <laughs> Yeah, because that's a year late, really, isn't it? It's a year since well, it's it been... was last fall, but you know, supply chain, supply chain, supply chain. Okay, 
that's pretty much the answers to all your questions in life right now. Yeah, so I know. Well, 42 in the supply chain. Good to be around it. If, if my show is late on air, it's a supply chain supply issue. Supply chain. Yeah. Yes. Not that's that exactly it's slipped it. in. It's nothing to do with that. Um, okay. Just go back on that point, though. I have to pick you up on this. You said that you don't think there's a market for a Braille laptop. I'm, I'm not sure if I... That. Yeah. So I'm not sure if I would say that I don't agree there's a market. It just really has never been established. There has been a couple of companies over the year that have tried laptops with Braille built in. There was the Mina Bay back in the 90s. Uh, of course, we had the L Braille that was using a six-dot entry method. And you just look at some of these, and do we remember any of them? Did they really get traction? The answer is no. You know, there hasn't been a really successful laptop with a Braille display. I think for me, part of the challenge is the laptop technology usually advances faster than Braille t- uh, display technology. And I'm replacing my laptop every two to three years. And I don't want to be replacing my Braille display every two to three years. So I know they talk about it being modular. Maybe that helps. Maybe there's a way to upgrade my laptop and, and snap it in. If that's possible, that could be one thing. But what is the advantage really to having a 40 cell display tacked onto a laptop as opposed to me just taking my existing 40 cell display and setting it in front of my laptop? Like, what's the proposition there? And usually the price is more. Well, for a start, you don't have a monitor to contend with. You have got everything in one unit. So you right. have, you know, you literally just have a, obviously it's, it's not a tablet size, but it's not that far off it. I mean, it's, it sounds to me very similar to the Mantis Q40 and having had hands on with that, that was a great size of a unit. I imagine this will be a bit thicker because of the, the yeah. components inside. But, you know, I think there's, I think there is a market for this. I do. I think there's something there. I mean, I, I've kind of talked about it as the next and last computer I buy, because I would get rid of everything for that. I honestly yeah, you, would because you've upset yeah. him, JJ. No, no, no. But, but here's the thing. <laughs> I don't care. I, no, this is why we have I, these discussions. Exactly. And, and I, I, I think, I think I it's about the QWERTY keyboard. I think that's a big mm-hmm. part of this. Um, I think the modular element is brilliant. I think that is. Yes. I mean, how far that goes. I mean, for example, can we? swap out a core i7 for an i9 down the line or you know i don't know about that but you know certainly being able to upgrade the ram i think there's something they've got here they've, they've caught my attention with this one because i, I appreciate that modularity using, yeah i appreciate they're using modern specs and one thing mm. i will say about Orbit, and i think that's actually that's a major point because you talked about is. these other products and i think and it actually says it on their website and i think they're quite bold about this sean and i were going through this the other day and they were quite bold about the fact that by saying, you know, a lot of this Braille technology you buy today is obsolete the day you buy it. And they want to stop that. They want to say, well, look, yes, mm-hmm. you can buy this. And in a few years, it may be older, but you can upgrade it. You can change it. I, I, again, I think a lot of it comes down to cost. You know, you're saying you're replacing yeah, your absolutely. laptop every two, three years. But if this comes out at the same cost as that laptop, you're not going to mind replacing it. That's true. And one of the things about Orbit as well that I think has really worked to their advantage and maybe another word for them is agile because they are okay with when you compare them, say, to a human where they are fine putting out a product that I think will sell 500 or 1,000 units. They don't need 10, 50,000 of these things to go at scale. And I know not all these Braille displays are selling 10,000 or more, but I think Orbit is okay with producing something that will go on a smaller scale as a test balloon. And then, of course, if it does really well, they can ramp up production and go from there. So they, I think, have the capacity to try these products and see what sticks, and we'll find out uh, what really uh, the customers are looking for. Yeah, I'm really excited about this Optima and to see what it's like. I mean, when you get hands-on with it, 
I want you to play with a keyboard. I want you to tell me what it's oh, like. Are we talking? Obsessed. Are we talking Apple Magic keyboard here, or are we talking squishy keys like some kind of cheap yep. IBM keyboard? Because be, if it's that, be really interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm intrigued to hear what you got to say on this. <laughs> but how much of of that 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 particular laptop are you interested in the Braille side of it rather than just that it's a basically Bluetooth keyboard with a, a computer built in? Which I, th- which I suspect, Stephen, is what you're really excited about. That's what I am excited about. But I will say that it would be nice to be able to utilise the Braille aspect as well. Because, you know, I find the Braille display can be, you know, at the moment, for example, it's a Braille display with a laptop. You know, you've got all the gubbins that go with it. Sometimes it's better if you're wired up. And that's another thing. You've got to carry cables all over the place with you. Make sure it's all wired up. Make sure your software's up to date all the time. You just want this thing to work. And, you know, that does solve that problem. And I'm thinking about all the applications for me, for example, sitting in front of a camera doing a a show, I can sit this in front of me and I don't have to worry about a laptop. I don't have to do that horrible thing where you either fold the laptop lid over so you're kind of always touching the screen with your fingers, the back of your hand's always hitting off it, or it's pushed back to the point, you may as well snap the lid, the screen off it. Um, So, you know, there's that, you know, there's those aspects to it. It just feels to me the screen's wasted. And I think that's one thing that I do like. I mean, ultimately, yes, if they got rid of the Braille display part and said, hey, that's modular as well, and you could just buy the keyboard with all the other gubbins built in, I'd buy that as well. I'd buy that. It'd be interesting. Yeah, Yeah, I definitely will uh, have to get down to the exhibit hall. Uh, Got to go check it out. So, yeah. Uh, JJ, really interesting as always to talk to you. Uh, Come back and, and once you've got back home and once you've had a chance to digest all this information that you've got and i know you'll have podcasts coming on the blind bargains feed as well are you doing that this year are you doing blind bargain yeah podcasts? we slowed down a little bit on podcasting we're gonna um, probably do most of our recording after csun and uh, we've definitely been making some connections with some people to figure out what people really want to hear as far as podcasts and we'll get that and uh, you know maybe we're gonna start like a daily show how does that work out for you well, it's good. Yeah, you should try it. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> don't, don't do it, JJ. I will I will suggest to you, you better book about maybe the next 365 days off work. Yeah. So right. you can do it. But yeah, Absolutely. other than that, go for it. <laughs> it's a joy. JJ, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Uh, JJ, so of course, uh, AT Guys is the place to go in the States if you want to get your uh, access tech and uh, get the advice as well from guys like JJ and others. Also, Blind Bargains is the podcast. Just search for that wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, That's it for today. Back tomorrow, we have the weekend edition and lots of your feedback to get through, Sean. Lots. Lots, yes. We're in the inbox tomorrow. Join us for that. Thank you. Love Double Tap? Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-tv every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Or binge on all episodes online at AMI.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts.